welcome to Zach and Steve Have a Podcast, episode 10. Double digits. Ah! Uh, sound effects, sound effects, sound We need sound streamers effects. in here. Yeah, we do. I'm Zach. I am Steve. Welcome. And we can't, I can't believe, this is a milestone. This is a milestone. This is a huge milestone. 10 episodes. That's a big number. I didn't think we'd get past like three. Neither did I. <laughs> this is kind of surprising. This is very surprising. I'm surprised by the fact that people actually listen to it. Yes. And people text us and say, hey, really enjoyed the podcast. My my counselor. What's up, Eric? What's up, Eric? I know you're listening. Uh, Never met you before, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I hear everybody, good things about you. Eric, everybody knows you. Everybody knows you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You're an awesome guy. So anyway, this week on Zach and Steve Have a Podcast, we have something very special to talk about. What is it, Steven? Well, we're not going to get to the topic just yet. Okay. I was going to say we're going to talk about peace. We are going to talk about Zach peace. Zach did an excellent message Wednesday night for the church on the main side. So Zach is uh, filling in for Pastor Tim while he's on vacation. Yes. Doing small groups. And I yeah, thought... So our series it, is called The Names of God, and we're looking at different yeah. names given to God in the Bible that kind of describe his character. Yes. This week we looked at Jehovah Shalom and the Prince of Peace. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it'd I be great we, to talk about peace. Yeah, we are going to talk about peace. And I think we are in a season... Where we desperately, I mean, I think we're always in need of peace, but I think we're yes. in desperate need of the peace of the Holy Spirit right yes. now because everything's topsy turvy in our world. Um, not just like our personal world, Zach and I's world, I'm saying the world as a whole. Yes. Uh, but I thought it'd be fun to start off with something a little bit more fun, <laughs> lighthearted. Yeah. This is not a fun episode. No, no. We're we, just gonna, this is not fun episode, episode two. This was loud. Fun episode was last week. Last week was fun episode. This week. I thought it'd just be kind of fun to start off talking about something that is really uh, special to me, and I'm sure Zach can, like, you know, uh, corroborate. Okay, well, what is uh, it? The corroborate. I'm means excited. Like, I, I'm, I'm here on pins and needles. Uh, oh, okay. we did not so, talk about this ahead so of time. So this past week. Okay, so this past week. Yes. My mom calls me, or last uh, maybe a week and a half ago. My mom calls me and says, "Steve, I found a bunch of your stuff down in the basement." Ooh. Ooh, is right. So this was at, at your old house. At my yeah, the, so the house that I grew up in in okay. in in good old Hermitage. I'm yes. not gonna give my parents' address, but you should. Yeah, <laughs> phone number too. That'd yeah, be great. they they really want to hear from you. Um, no, my mom my mom is cleaning out the basement. Yeah, I almost did like a Bobby Boucher. My mama, my mama, my mama said. <laughs> my mom calls me as she's cleaning out the basement. She said, "Hey, I found a bunch of your stuff from when you were a kid. Do you want? Do you want it?" And I'm like course i'd love to see like you know so many stuff uh i got a really I found an old school it was the uncanny x-men lunchbox so uncanny x-men uh was like late 80s okay early 90s and it is in pristine condition nice i took it to school every day and it's in fantastic condition so uh, you must have not like dropped it or uh, well, banged it off the locker or something. Uh, uh, yeah, the locker in kindergarten. <laughs> well, you you didn't specify. I figured it was like but, seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, seventh grade. <laughs> I had an X Men. That would. I, yeah, you can't put that past me. <clears throat> no, but she found my that. She found my Ninja Turtles board game, which is kind of a rare find these days. What is the Ninja Turtles? Is it like a? I don't know. It probably has something to do with pizza. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> bust it out. It definitely needs. It looks like it's. It's gone through some stuff. It okay. looks. Like that, so, that so that one wasn't board as game in good looks a condition. Like it needs some help. Uh, but the big find, the big big find, was my N sixty four. Nice. It's in the basement. I got a hold of it. Working condition. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's in perfect Not condition. Perfect. It's in perfect condition. Um, anything that Mark Mikulski touches, like gains no dust for whatever reason my dad like just everything is always taken care of even stuff down in the basement um 
But uh, got that and Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Nice. My all-time favorite game. Nice. Got it. Put it in. Sitting down in my man cave, and I was just immersed. In a it's a, it's amazing how that happens, especially with video games. Oh my goodness! My uh, my grandma had uh, an NES original Nintendo yeah. at her house. We had one at our house. I think I can't really remember. I remember playing Nintendo a lot as a kid, but I don't. I can't remember if it was at my house, friend's house, cousin's house. Because ask we, a question. Yeah. What, go ahead. Who ever thought that the shape of that controller was a good idea? Oh, I love it. That's my favorite controller the, shape. The box. The square. The, the rectangle. rectangle. It kind of digs into your hand. Yeah, I know. That's you what have, I'm like, saying. Like, yeah, they're like, kids will only play this for like 20 minutes at a time, right? <laughs> no. It's like, hours. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Sega had a much more rounded controller, and that fit in your hand a little bit better. Sega. So, yeah, my, my grandma had one at her house, and we would play it every once in a while. But since it wasn't played very much, it was in pretty good condition. So... Like Mark Mikulski, my grandfather, yeah. is very much into everything at his place is immaculate. And it's Grandpa that, Ken? Yes, it's been that way his entire life. Does he, he listen to our podcast? Uh, I'm sure he does not. Hi, Ken. <laughs> Spotify and Grandpa. Zachy and Stevie. Yeah. We're Zachy here. and Stevie we love have you. a podcast. Um, but everything immaculate condition. So one day they're like, here, I, we have our old Nintendo. And so they gave it to us. And this thing is like out of the box, like condition wow. of an original nes that's awesome and so my cousin had games that like so it might i think nintendo was at my aunt kathy's house and my grandpa's house and we had a sega but anyway so we got all the old nintendo games we got this like like case that carries uh, nes games and there's a whole Get bunch out. of them in there original nes games. those are hard to find so but it's this was a couple years ago we got this. And so the first time that I sat down on the couch and turned on Super Mario 3, it was like I was 10 again. I know. And it, and it just brought me back these feelings that oh, it, it, it's, it was amazing. Yeah. It was like, wow, I, I, could, I know every hidden secret in this game. Right? <laughs> like, I, I remember everything is. The, the, like the, fl- the warp flute? Yeah. All like, that kind of stuff? The, yeah. the raccoon? What was the it? Raccoon was, the raccoon suit. The tanuki what? suit. Tanuki. Yeah. So I – so Legend of – so Ocarina of Time – um, is like my all-time favorite game. Yeah. Like, with, without question, it's my all-time favorite game. I've played that game from beginning to end at least 50 times. Wow. Uh, usually twice a year for a long, long time I played it. Uh, and then I took a huge break. Um, but anyway, so I get, I, I, like, I'm just immersed back into that world. And it's so funny to look at the graphics on that. We thought they were great. They were amazing. They are horrible. <laughs> It's like, I mean, it's, it, it has, I mean, once again, it's like the nostalgia of it all. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I can only imagine what Madden looked like. <laughs> oh, I played Madden like a fiend on the N64. Oh. And I can only imagine, like, then the PS2 came out, and that was, like, revolutionary. Like, yeah. people had fingers and stuff. It wasn't like this box hand. <laughs> well, the, the original Madden, well, it's not the original Madden game. I think we had Madden 92 or Madden 94 for the Sega. Say, yep. Sega yeah. Genesis. Like, the original Madden game. Yeah. Right, it had eight teams or something. Yeah, it was so much fun. Like You'd be playing, and someone would get hurt, and the ambulance would come out on the field, like, run over all the other players to <laughs> out to the guy who was hurt they put yeah. him in there and yeah like oh he can't play the rest of the game yeah that uh, see uh, career, i remember the worst ever was the career ending injury <laughs> i'm like career ending <laughs> they found that out really fast yeah. i'll never forget i was playing uh i think it was madden uh probably 06 or 07 back when i was um 
you know, still the appropriate age to be playing Madden on a daily basis. And I, you know, I always create my players and create my own team. Yeah. And I was always quarterback. Nice. Of course. Yeah. I was obsessed with, with throwing footballs. Um, but yeah, I remember I'm playing the game. I'm in franchise mode. My, my, my player has finally gotten to the peak of his career and he gets tackled. And then at the bottom it says, career ending injury i'm like career ending <laughs> like what happened to this guy like he His walked fell off he l- walked off the field yeah like goodness gracious man what happened to this guy just complete <laughs> spinal failure yeah. i have no idea that stinks but yeah it was always a bummer but I, so I, I said what my favorite video game is yeah. legend of zelda Zelda, yeah, Ocarina, Ocarina of time. time. What's your favorite game of all time? I already mentioned it. It's Mario Three. Mario Three is your favorite game, without yeah, question. Yeah, it, it, there's nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, there's newer games that are definitely better and more fun to play, but that was the first game that the original Mario game for Nintendo is easy. Mm-hmm. You can beat it in 20 minutes. Um, but that Mario Three, man, it, it, it I thought it was revolutionary. It was. Oh, it, it looked. I remember it because it looked like this bump up in graphics compared to. And it, and it was the same. It wasn't. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. It was the same. Whatever. Right. Yeah. It was just how they they. Um, the pixels were smaller. Something. But still, but it was still eight bit, obviously, because it was the original Nintendo. But th- what they did was they pulled out more, so that. Gotcha. Like yeah, so everything was essentially smaller. The pixels pixels were smaller than the original Nintendo, which was like little box yeah mario which i still the music in the original super mario brothers is still the most iconic yeah legendary yeah for sure but mario 3, and now all i have in my head is super mario world for the super nintendo <laughs> or is that that's mario, mario 2 music that's mario 2 that's right Mario 2 the forgotten mario that's the worst mario game. game ever do you know what the story is behind that yeah it was like a fever dream wasn't it no it wasn't a fever like i think that's the story within the story okay but the actual story of it was they didn't they didn't know how big of a success that the first Super Mario Brother was going to be, and to get something out quicker, they took an existing game yes. in Japan and just did a skin overlay of Princess Peach and or whatever her name was. It was a Peach, or was uh, it was it her original name like Princess, Princess Toastal? Uh, I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. And like Mario and Luigi. I'll ask Elliot. He, he's the yeah. Uh, Elliot is our my son. Uh, Elliot. Yeah, I wish yeah, she was here. He's the video game expert. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I remember that. I liked that game, though. It was fun. I would always rent that game. I had <laughs> I had Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 3, and I would constantly rent Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 2. <laughs> that was always such a weird and game. And it was the worst of the three. <laughs> you would, like, pick up, like, radishes from the ground and throw them at Turnips, people. right? I don't know what they I were. I don't know what they were. You're, you're the radish expert. I am the radish expert. You have radishes. I am the radish king. Um... But yeah, so uh, do you have any other honorable mentions, game-wise? <sighs> Boy, what games do I like? The game I probably played the most in college was Halo, the original Halo. Let me see your Halo. Yeah, we played. It was that. based off the song by Beyonce. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't degrade. Don't, Don't degrade, degrade my college experience like that. No, we start, it came out when I was like uh, in high school, er, upper levels of high school, junior, senior, or something like that. Um, and we would go to my buddy's house, and we would play like uh, we we didn't connect at that point with other people, like other yeah. computer or uh, yeah. systems. You weren't doing LAN parties. We did that later on in college. Yeah, we when had you're in parties. college, when you can't do that. Yes, but we would just go to his house, and we would play, you know, Slayer mode, which was against you know four people against each other, just yeah. how how many um, kills you could get, and like, 
whatever, however many time it was or mm-hmm. whatever it was. He had to get a limit. So we would play that for hours. And mm-hmm. we would I would go over there at, like, I don't know, after, after my parents went to bed. Yeah. Like, we'd go over there at, like, 10 o'clock. This was when I could drive and yeah. senior in, in, in high school. And we would play till like, 6 in the morning. And nice. I would come home and sleep all day in the summertime. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I remember then, ha- I remember having friends like that that were into Goldeneye that way. Yeah, where it was like there was like the party four player. I was not a Goldeneye fan. I I, I liked it okay, but it was not my, like one of my. I would never even put it in my top ten yeah. favorite games of all time. Madden, the Madden games were a constant. I was never good at them. Really? Yeah, I always just try to throw it up and get a touchdown. And... Dude, I played obsessively <laughs> Madden. I did you get the game every year? No. Every fall. Every fall. I went and picked up the newest edition of Madden. I was I know a lot of people that were like that. Yeah. But. I was I, I I love football. I've always loved football. Um me with football twenty years ago was way, way more in depth. Like I knew everybody, all the stats, everything. I played Madden constantly. Um, I remember, like, especially when I was, like, in eighth grade, ninth grade, after school, the bus stop got off right at my house, and, like, all like all my buddies, all my neighborhood buddies, we would come up into our, like, family room, and we would get out the four N64 controllers and play Madden for, out, like, an hour or so until our parents said it's dinner time or whatever. Right. And that's – so Madden always has special memories. And the other games that I've played the most you, – you, Your voice sounds like you're going to be embarrassed by this. I am a little embarrassed. <laughs> what is it? WWF games. <laughs> like wrestling games. And Zach, here's were, were you a wrestling kid? Did you... I loved wrestling. Oh, no. I loved oh, wrestling. Man. For years, oh, I loved wrestling. My opinion of you has just dropped it's, tremendously. I, my opinion of myself drops every time <laughs> I, like... So were you, were you one of the deceived that thought it was real? No. No, 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 no. Or you just enjoyed it for what it was? I enjoyed it for what it was. Because I can remember having conversations with people in, in, like, elementary school and stuff. Like, this is real. I'm like, uh, this is 100% when you're not in real. Elementary, uh, yeah, yeah, Oh, so that's where Elliot gets all this from? Is from you, like, you as a child was, like, just oh, tearing apart you mean people's the prag- beliefs? The, prag- <laughs> the pragmatists are like, you, you believe it's five, real? Five-year-old Zach, super pragmatic. Yeah. <laughs> you understand that this isn't real and you're stupid for thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying Elliot's that way. No. But... He, um, he, he does tend to do that. But he's... Elliot's topics. very pragmatic. He's... Yeah. he's incredibly intelligent he like we always talk about our sons are going to do something either amazing or amazing or they will be the dictators (laughs) of this world (laughs) yeah under our right hand all right anyway um but yeah so wrestling okay this is how obsessive i was with wrestling so those games i get those games and i had notebooks and I, i i had my own like league and like i had yeah i had it all set up like title changes all that i would oh dude I, I was obs- I was basically booking, writing creative lines and everything for wrestling. So from you, home. so you were like, who, who runs it? Like Vince McMahon? No, Rick- not anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, not Rick anymore. Flair. I don't even know who the people are. That uh, run it. So, well, so I mean, you had your, like, you had friends coming over and like you were what whatever the, yeah, the guy sure, friends who- yes friends were there too. <laughs> no, this, no, this is make believe. This is just me by myself. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I had notebooks. How old Phil, are you? If you're writing, you had to be like teenage years. That's not talking about I, it. Let's not talk about it. 
But it's like I I had the storylines, everything written out, like when the title changes were gonna happen, how long it was gonna last, the matches, everything. I was obs- I loved wrestling. I wanted to be a wrestler. What would your wrestling name be? Stunning Steve. <laughs> Stunning. And I had a finishing move. You want to know what it was called? <laughs> the sleeper hold. No, the sleeper. Yeah, be be a little bit more creative. Mr. Author, let's go. Come on. You're like one of the... You, you, so does it rhyme with McCut? Does it have like a litter or... It, it has something to do with the the moniker. So Stunning Steve, the the Mikulski Stunner. The, the, I'm not going to take Steve Austin's name. <laughs> I don't know wrestlers. Stunner. It was the stun gun. The stun gun? Stun gun. It was a kick to the jaw. <laughs> And so, and me and I my, love this podcast. And, this is my favorite this podcast. This is the best podcast ever. And then Nick, my best friend Nick, and I, one of my best friends um, growing up. So he, it was him and his brother Steve um, and my, my buddy Adam and my brother-in-law, who's now my brother-in-law. He wasn't my brother-in-law when we were little. <laughs> it was Keenan. Uh, but we did a lot together. And, uh, yeah, so Nick and I were going to be a tag team. Yeah. You want to know what was the name of our tag team going to be? <laughs> Nick and Steve have a tag team. His (laughs) brother's name was Steve, too. Isn't that weird? So uh, Nick and Steve have a tag team tag team. No. Yeah. I I was this ironic back then. (laughs) No, it was. uh, I don't want to say. (laughs) Nick and Mick. They did call me Mick. I forgot. You you, you just pulled that up. Uh, No, it was called Total Annihilation. (laughs) (laughs) Total annihilation. Okay. And I forget what Nick's name was. Nick had a like a wrestling name too. What was his wrestling name? Nick, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'll uh, text you. I don't think anyone's listening at this point. No, no, everybody is tuned out completely. Like, oh, Steve's a wrestling fan. <laughs> Who? You didn't watch wrestling ever? No, did not watch wrestling ever. Are you kidding me? You didn't have a favorite wrestler? No. No, I, I even when you were like little, you didn't like Hulk Hogan. Like everybody liked Hulk Hogan. No, wow, we didn't have cable. It was on NBC. Was it? Yeah, I don't know. No, we didn't watch wrestling at all. Okay, that's. I mean, that's fine. I, I did when I was a little kid. I like. I, I loved wrestling, and then I loved it more when I was older and understood more, <laughs> like the the show behind the show, right? <laughs> You know what this does not give me, Stephen? What? Peace. Peace. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> it's time. It's time. <laughs> to move on from wrestling. So, Zach, uh, what, one, one more editor's note. Okay. Hit, hit me. Editor's note. Last week, after the podcast, Turtle Talk. Yeah. We we will not be revisiting Turtle Retiring Talk. Retiring it? <laughs> Turtle Talk is dead. It got, it got negative reviews. It, I... I'm afraid that nobody's listening this week because of Turtle Talk. <laughs> I'm almost certain that nobody's going to listen to this podcast ever again. Um, it, it, it was bef- it, you talked things- about fever dream. Yeah. That was a fever dream. It, it was art, Stephen. It, it was. was art that is not going to be recognized. It until, was high art. Yeah. And I've been telling everybody, you, you're 30 years away from actually appreciating that. <laughs> We're talking Van Gogh levels of, of but we'll never artistic do it integrity. All right. Zach, let's get Steven. to Let's, let's get, get to, to what we're the, talking let's about. Let's get today. to the beef. Yeah. That's not, no, that makes it sound like it's bad. But, Zach, Shalom Alachim. Yes, peace unto you. Alachim Shalom. Thank you, Zach. Unto that is you, peace. Hebrew. Yes. For, as Zach said, peace unto you, or unto you, peace. And that is the common exchange amongst the Jews. Yes. You know, we say, hello, how are you doing? If you see someone walk down yeah. the road and they say, Shalom Alachim. 
And that's you know? very nice. That to me, that's even more engaging and kind than just saying hi. Yeah, peace unto you. Peace unto you. And, and uh, what, I love that. And yes, I I spoke on this just a couple days ago. And what I think I I learned the most in my preparation and, and diving into God's word just on this idea of peace. Peace is something that is almost seen as a reward. It's almost okay. seen as something that we gain, not something that, um, not like an ideal or something, but it's something that you, when you walk with God, you experience it, and it's something that God bestows upon you in, in a way that, that, here, I'm giving you my peace. This is, this is an amazing gift I'm about to give you. This is something that you should want, and this is something that is going to f- fulfill you and, and, mm-hmm. and, and make you... Um, closer to me and, and more of a complete person, right? Yes. This this peace that God gives. Um, and you see it over and over again in Scripture, like the, the, the blessing that the, the the Levites were given by God, that, that God gave Aaron to bless the Levites, and, and you can read it, and there's songs written about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, and the Jewish people still do it today, and we talked to... We, Anyway, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. I can't show you the visual I was trying to do. We're going to have our vi- video podcast yet. That's coming in episode 20. 20 episode 20, Episode yes. 20, it, we'll have the video element. Yeah, so 100% by then it'll be 100% here. we'll be ready. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I took that month off. Yeah. It's all good. Mentally, still taking No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, we'll get it figured out eventually. Right. But peace um, as a blessing, like... <clears throat> they would go through this blessing that, that the Levites were to bl- to bestow upon the Israelite people on, on a regular basis. And, and the end was, so God will give you peace. So mm-hmm. it's this thing that we gain from, from a life lived with God. Yep. Oh, I thought you were going to continue on with that. Well, I thought I thought you had something to say. No, no, I was just listening You're to just you listening explaining to me. peace. No, that, yeah, I feel at peace. You feel at peace and now listening. sitting there. Listening well, to yeah, I mean, I think peace, peace is, especially in... Oh, gosh, I don't even know where to start in t- in talking about peace because I mean peace, peace to me has been the very voice of God, yeah, in my life, you know, and I, and so the whole concept of peace being an integral uh, aspect of our relationship with God uh, n- needs to be um, at the forefront of of who we are as believers. Like it, we like we so long for purpose, we long for. Um, answers we long for uh just the term like turmoil to end and sometimes it's even in those times that god is just bestowing upon us his peace that that comes through the holy spirit washing over us residing within us speaking to us yeah you've Uh, said before the way that god speaks to you through the holy spirit is through peace you you feel peace about things that and that's how you know god is especially because like i was saying like maybe it was before the podcast i have I have, um, I'm a negative person by nature, unfortunately. Um, and you know, this is something I've been working through and like, praise God, he's put people in my life, uh, that encourage me away from that. Right. Um, you know, and some, for some people that's really difficult. And like, I always have to say to my wife, thank you for tolerating me. Cause <laughs> it's really, it's really hard. And so I know when it's the Holy spirit is because that is erased and I am looking at it from a positive perspective and feel good about it. And yeah. it's always, and I have to say this, God's only going to make you, uh, make you feel peace, or it's only going to give you peace in, in places that are according to his will and way. 
Like he's yeah. not going to give you peace about something that you know is wrong for you. Right. Um, so like, and, that, and that's how it works. I, can I give an example? Sure. Of just peace in my, sure. in my life. Um, and just, I, I think one of the greatest examples uh, of God's peace in my own life was when I was very young. Um, not very, very young, but uh, in my early twenties. So much younger than I am today. Uh, I was, um, going through, a, it was a, it was a transitional period of my life. I was finishing my undergrad, which was in finance because I thought that was what I was supposed to do, or at least I felt comfortable with it. I wasn't great at it, but it yeah. was going to be a job, not necessarily the career I always desired, but it was going to help pay the bills. Sure. So Sarah and I, um, decided that while I was still in college, we were going to get married. Same year that Zach and Laura got married. Six months later, Sarah and I got married, get married, right? 2007. 2007 is a good year, man. It's a really good year. Uh, so I, in that year, I was doing somewhat of an internship at a financial firm um, with a lot of really, really good people. And my cousin, uh, you know, just made a lot of things happen for me so I could, you know, expand. And like almost, and ultimately the goal was for me to get this job at the end of my college career, I was going to be a portfolio manager. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Doesn't it sound exciting, Zach? It actually, honestly, finance is fun. I, I will say that. It's not fun for me. No, I, it, it's, okay, so there's a difference, obviously, the difference between accounting and finance. Uh, my my, my fa- finance professor, who was also the, the vice president or vice dean of the business school, said, um, he said, there's two things you need to know about accounting. He said, balance sheets need to balance. And accounting sucks uh, <laughs> because it's just it's number crunching yeah. all the time. I don't think it sucks. I think it's a very important job. And my wife is an amazing accountant. And it's because of her that we are in the financial situation that we're in. Not saying that we're like doing great, but there's balance in our life. And right. it's because of the balance that she brings uh, to it. Um, from being so uh, steadfast in, in being a good steward of, of what God has given us and trying to tolerate me, who is not the best steward yeah. uh, of, of God's. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, but finance can be fun, and it's, all, it's more about investing in, in your okay. future, essentially. Um, so I had this job all lined up, and I was working it for about six months, okay. um, like as an intern-ish, like trial period kind of thing. And um, a month before my wedding, which I still had another semester of school after this, so I wasn't even going to start full-time yet at, at this financial firm, uh, I was pulled into a meeting by two of my bosses, all right? Uh, and they told me the truth, maybe not in the nicest way, but the truth was this, was I was not good at the job. Ooh. I wasn't. Okay. So I wasn't passionate about it at all. I didn't care about it. At all, which is not that's not a good excuse, but it was the truth. Um, but they told me that I was I was not meeting their expectations, and their ultimate uh, decision was instead of just giving me the job, giving me the job, they were going to send me through their hiring process, which was extremely stringent, and they knew it was their way of assuring that I wasn't going to get be the, the job. person. Yeah, and you know, and at that time, I was mad. I was so mad, I, but you know, but I look back at that and it was like I was entitled. I felt entitled because yeah. I should have just had it because I was told I was going to have it, but I didn't do anything to deserve it. Okay, and it's the same thing with today. Like if somebody, if, you know, somebody's going to become like my replacement or whatever, like 
it shouldn't just be because because they're qualified yeah. for the position and they're passionate about what they're going to do. Like, and that's for any job. It should right. be that way. You don't, don't just put somebody in there to be a, a seat filler. But, um, so I was enraged because I'm a month away from my wedding. Uh, I thought life was all lined up, and I had been going through a shakeup in my life anyway. I'd finally given my heart back over to Jesus. At that point, I was dating and well, engaged to at that point to an amazing woman in Sarah. Um, and I'm a month away from my wedding and I'm not going to have a job when I graduate and everything's falling. I feel like everything's falling apart. So I remember I called Sarah and I just flipped out. I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe they're taking this from me. They, they like, this is so wrong. This is messed up. They told me I had this job, blah, blah, blah. You know, pity me. I'll, I'll boohoo Steve. Uh, so I'm driving. And I'm just like, God, what, what do you want? What do you want? And this peace, like nothing else, like tears stopped and almost like this warmness washes over me. And like, I knew it was was the Holy Spirit. And it was like, you're not listening to me. You're not Hmm. doing what I'm telling you to do. Not that it was like vocalized like that. That's what you felt. But that's what I felt because I knew that ministry vocational ministry was what God was planning for my life from a very young age. Yeah. Like I felt called into ministry and I was passionate about it at first. And then I was like, forget that. I'm going to do what I want. And like you heard last week, I was a film student at one point and I was also a finance student at one point. And I was an elementary education student at one point. And I was future Indiana Jones at one point. I was all over the map. Um, But God finally, and that's, it, it, it was in that piece that I knew, number one, that God God was always in it. Yeah. Like, he was constantly pursuing me in this. I don't deserve that, but he had a plan. Yeah. It was to bless his name. He's like, Steve, I need you to do this, and there's going to be a reason for it. I, I'm still like, what? what is it? <laughs> Why? Why yeah. me? I don't feel like I'm qualified for this. But it was in that time that I had peace, in the, the, and that was like, that was one of the biggest examples. The second time was, uh, you know, Zach has, you know, shared about losing his father and the peace that the Holy Spirit has brought over him about that. Mine was, once again, was losing my grandfather. Yeah. Uh, was one of the the hardest... Am I sharing too much? No. <laughs> okay. Was uh, One of the hardest things in my life was losing my grandfather because he was such a huge part of my, my life. Um, in a lot of ways not even a lot of ways completely was the guy that I wanted to be mm-hmm. when I, when I grew up. Cause he just was so loving and so caring and so faithful to God and faithful to those around him. Uh, would give people the shirt off his back. I always joked that he was, uh, well, when I was a little kid, I didn't understand it. Like we would go places and he talked to everybody. I'm like, grandpa, how do you know all these people? He's like, I just do. like like joke you need to laugh about it i'm like oh he just knows everybody yeah but it was just like the kindness of his heart and soul like he just genuinely cared about people because of what christ was doing in his life yeah um and so he he mentored me as a believer like i'm like he was the shining example every time i've come over to his house even he would be out with his uh you know out at the dining room table with his bible out his pen out um, and he's taking notes and he's drinking his awful, awful coffee, the worst <laughs> coffee in the world. Um, but it was special. I actually have the mug that he always had out. Like I, I use that, uh, on occasion. I'm always afraid that I'm going to break it. Yeah. So I don't use it very often. Um, but he would always have this mug out and that's what he would have his coffee in. Um, 
and he was, you know, he was just prayer. He was, he was just so dedicated to what God was doing. Uh, and so when I made the decision to go into seminary, I like, I wanted to share that with him and I only got to do that for one year yeah. before he passed away. Uh, and I was there with him, uh, when he passed, uh, when like, unfortunately it was just a horrible situation where Sarah and myself and my mom were at the hospital. Um, you know, he was, he was very heavily medicated because they were trying to reduce the pain that he was experiencing. Nobody knew what was happening. Um, but he, um, you know, he ends up passing away in the hospital and just anger rushed over me because I felt like he wasn't being cared for properly while he was there. You know, obviously it was all, it was, it was God's time. It was time for, you know, God wanted him home. Yeah. Like he needed to heal. My grandfather had a lot of issues, like, you know, just dealing with like leg issues, his knees, pain. I think he hid a lot of it from us because he just wanted to be strong for us always. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God called him home. And I remember being in the this waiting room, waiting for my, the rest of my family to show up so we can just be together and grieve together. And I mean, I, I I'm not proud of this. I threw, like before everybody got there, I was so mad because I felt like, especially this one doctor, was like not being helpful. And he was actually kind of rude. He had terrible bedside manner. And like I was right. I like this guy became the thing I was fixated on. Like I'm going to destroy this man. Cause I'm like, I'm telling the nurses, I'm like, send them up here. I need to talk to them. <laughs> they did not do that, believe it or not. Oh. They, I never saw that doctor again. I think they put him into like protective custody or something at the hospital. So I'm just fuming, fuming. And I'm like bawling my eyes out because I just lost the, the person that meant everything to me. And once again, I'm looking out the window. Like, it was the same thing when I was in my car, I'm looking out the window sun shining and this warmth of peace just washes over me again it was the holy spirit yeah uh, more I'm, I, I i'm not even guessing it was anything other than i know it was the holy spirit washing over me and giving me the peace to be able to the comfort peace, the peace that passes all understanding yeah it passes all understanding it was it definitely given to me so i could be there for my mom and yeah. my brother and my father and my even my grandma at that point. Um, so peace has always been the way that God has proven himself to me. Yeah. Over and over. Cause I'm not coming to peace in those situations on my own. Yeah. I'm angry. I'm mad. Yeah. Like, your, your character is not a peaceful one. Right. And that's something that's. <laughs> Thanks buddy. <laughs> no, but that's what you said to begin with. Like, yeah. I know. You're, yeah you're, no, it's not one. It's you're one. An, you're what you naturally you, lean towards negativity. Yes. And so when you find peace, in the exact moment where there should be no peace, mm-hmm. well, that 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 turns you around, yeah. right? And you're like, oh, I need to be paying attention to this. Yeah. This is God working in my life. Yeah, it's it's it, it it it's the absolute testimony of God interceding. And it's so cool. It's like yeah. I mean, once again, this is just speaks to the grace that was given to us. Because none of us are deserving of God's presence at all. We right. are broken sinners every last one of us what right. does he give us he doesn't turn his back on us no he's like peace unto you peace right. be given to you grace through my son jesus christ and it's like i'm not worthy of this yeah at all but man he just imparts it even in the hardest seasons of, of life 
Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, these past two years have been just hard because of like just how COVID has changed our lives. Yeah. I wonder, you know, I think back like a hundred years ago, I wonder how people like felt coming out of Spanish flu and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And it wasn't social media then. So yeah, I there was no it's over, media. it was over. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe it was that way. I have no idea. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say cause none of us were there yeah. and anybody that was there was probably like an infant maybe. No wasn't like 1920 or something 1920 yeah yeah so i mean we're probably at the tail end of people yeah. that were around at that time but saying all that to say this it's like you know when when the world just completely changes around you something that we've never gone through in any of the generations that are alive right now except for maybe you know going through world war ii but once again that's even getting to a point where those generations are gone yeah. in a lot of ways um you know we face something as a world together and we've seen how the world has become and I, I feel like people have pressed even more into indulging in themselves yeah and caring for themselves and being doing what is most comfortable for them yeah and not what is for the greater good that that's what happens and we all like you said we go through things in our life and yep. you, you sh- shared two great stories there no um and we but everyone has store has i mean we, we live in a broken fallen world mm-hmm and chaos reigns you look around that's that's what sells on tv like it's just there's yeah. there's broken relationships there's all these things and we seek what god offers us when you know um paul says in philippians 4 you know take take all these anxieties bring them to the lord mm-hmm. and he will give you peace that passes all understanding yep all, by prayer and petition right bring all these things to god um but what we do is we seek that peace but not from God. And mm. what ends up in what we call it in the world is comfort. And you, and you, comfort and you hit on that. and numbness. Something that makes me feel better about myself. And, and it's more of an escape from the trials that we have. Yeah. Instead of taking those to God and allowing him to come in and, and give us this reward that he he's offers to us, this peace, mm-hmm. right? This thing that allows us to um, function and, and move forward and bring healing in, in difficult situations. Instead, we seek comfort. Um, I... Yeah, we self medicate. Yes, yeah, and and we do things like this, like like I get stressed out, and so like okay, I need I need to book a vacation, like I need something to get away so I can sit on a beach and yeah. be and be peaceful for two weeks, yeah, or one week, or ten yeah. days, or whatever, however what? long you're gone, yeah, right. Yeah. But what happens when you come back? You're right back. You're right back it. into the middle. But of you it. know, what I've even noticed though, Zach, and this is my problem, even going to Disney World, it like this past year was, it's not even like you come back and your problems are just there. Your problems are with you. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not that situational where it's like, this building is my problem. This person's my problem. No, our heart yeah. is what the problem is. And it's, are, are we, what are we doing to safeguard our own heart? Well, we'll pick up our phone and, and flip through Instagram. Or, exactly. Or, or we'll oh, turn on the TV and Netflix. Depress ourselves more. And, and, yeah. And, and, not and, trying and, to numb ourselves, we depress ourselves all the yes, more. Yes, yes. And so in, in, in seeking to get out of the chaos and, and all the stuff that we're in, instead of taking those, like, like Paul tells us, to God, mm-hmm. because that's what God says, hey, bring all of this to me. What does Jesus say to us? All who are weary and burdened, come to me. Mm-hmm. I'll give you rest. Yes. Right? All of these things that you have in your life, um, I, where my wife, <laughs> she's reading a book, okay, 
And it's it's by Ben Stewart, the the, the uh, pastor of Passion City are you Church. Paid in DC. To, no, but you've it, mentioned this book several times. Yes, it's called Rest and War, and but it talks about how we find rest in our life. And there's a chapter there on anxiety and peace and yes. coming before God with it. Yeah. And so does 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 Sarah ever do this where she's like, here, I want you to read something because Laura says this to me all the time, and it's never like something I want to read. No, it's something that she's giving me to read to make me a better person. No, Sarah's more along the lines of. Because she knows how I operate. Yeah. If she gives me something to read, she knows I'm not going to read it. <laughs> well, I don't I, read I've it. probably done that in the past, but yeah. at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to honor yeah. my wife and actually read yeah. this thing no. that she had for me No, to read. Sarah gave up on that, I think, a long time ago. She's like, read this book. And I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> I think I barely got out of high school understanding how to read. Um, yeah, so she, I, so she she usually sends me messages to watch where she's like, Will watch you, this. Will you watch or listen to this message, and then we could talk because about our, it. Because our wives love us. Yeah, yeah. And they, they know do, we're messed they up. They do love us. And they know we need and, peace. And they, yes. And Sarah <laughs> will send me this stuff. I'm like, you, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You're trying to make me feel peace again. <laughs> I don't want that right now. <laughs> yeah, because I was speaking this week, and I was speaking on peace, and I didn't have any. I was anxious, you know, getting up in front of people and talking. I had this going but on. you so did an amazing job, I appreciate that. Yeah. So she sends me, she says, here, take this book and read this chapter on anxiety and how it it will separate you from an, a close, intimate relationship with God and how you you have these things that build a barrier between you and God and you can't fulfill the thing God's put in your life because you are um, clouded and, and stuck in the chaos and not, not allowing God to come and heal you. And, and one tip that he gave, and this is my practical takeaway from, the, from, from our podcast today, is those things that that you're dealing with, those anxieties you have, those the, the chaos, whatever it is, make a list. Mm-hmm. Whether it's verbalize it, say it out loud, write it down. And what happens is the, the all of the stuff that seems like it's swirling to no end, you begin to realize there's not as much of it there as, as you think there is, but not, not that they're not significant problems, mm-hmm. but they can all be given to God. Yeah. And, and once, you, once you have that down in a list form and, and in your mind— you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to take my job to God. I'm going to take this relationship with my parent who's who's stressed right, you know, that's strained right now. I'm going to take that to God because mm-hmm. that's causing stress in my life and anxiety. Wh- whatever that may be, an illness, whatever that is, you write it down, you take that thing to God and allow God to come in and bring peace yeah. instead of seeking an alternative way to find comfort yeah. and just kind of numb what you have going on. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's all a matter of not allowing the waters the waters to be that scary. I, I was thinking about, as you were saying, I was thinking about how kind of the enemy uses this tactic. Um, yep. And uh, I'm not giving him any more power than he has. Like he really only has the power to, to speak things in, into us, but like we have the choice in what we believe. And I was thinking of the idea of a, um, you know, I have this Creek in my backyard and sometimes it can be a little bit muddy. Uh, so you have no idea what's going underneath like, or how deep it is or whatever the case might be. And that's kind of how the enemy tricks us in a lot yeah. of ways like it looks so much worse because we can't see yeah the bottom or we can't see what's truly going on underneath that but that's why we need god to like we need to seek the peace of god to give us clarity yeah. on these things and to allow us to know and understand that man whatever i'm doing i'm not going alone like god's got me in this and that's that's every situation that we've talked about like given examples about today it's like it might seem impossible to you, but it's not impossible to God, which is probably one of the most cliche lines in the in the church. But yeah. it's it rings true. 
Yeah, and, uh, and so if you're a, walking through something that seems like there's no end, it mm-hmm. seems like it's terrible, mm-hmm. it seems like everything's going wrong, yep. right? And and that's when you re- you realize that you're not walking alone and that God is with you there. You seek him and you seek to do the, the commandments that he has on your life, to live according to the things that he has for you and to give all of these concerns, all the chaos that you're walking through over yeah. to him and allow him to work in, yep. in, in your heart yep. first and then in, in, in all the circumstances that you're going through. Yeah, and I would say this. If you are going through something where you are struggling to find peace in it and you feel alone, seek out counsel. And I'm not even talking about professional counseling. From, I mean, like, seek out people that you can talk to, that you can trust, that you can go to and talk about. The worst thing you can do when you're struggling with anything where you're like, there is no peace, there is no end to this, I'm, is to isolate yourself. Yeah. Because in our isolation, we will convince ourselves of the absolute worst. Yeah. Like, that's what happens to me. I isolate myself. I'm even around people and I isolate myself because it's like, I don't want to hear what you have to say on this. I'm almost allowing myself to be isolated. I am allowing myself to be isolated because I just, I want to just, I want to just sulk or be yeah. frustrated. And that's not the answer. No. Like, it feels good for a little while. It, it's that comfort. It Maybe it's, I don't even know if it's comfort. It, I think it, it's more of a matter of just like saying, I don't care anymore. I give up. Um, but in that, you are escaping the problem. Yeah. It, it, yes. Yeah. In that, yes, you are right. It is. That is the comfortable thing. And sometimes I feel good just being like, well, I just want to sulk for a little bit and feel sorry for myself. Yeah, I want to be angry. Yeah. I want to get frustrated. It, it's, Turtle it, talk was so <laughs> bad last week. <laughs> but you're right. Like, uh, we do want to just kind of like live in it because it, it allows us to say, I'm done. Yeah, and and you do you don't heal until you finally get out of that phase that you're in and give it over to God. Yeah, because he, and and we don't want to do it, and and we and we make it worse on ourselves because we stick in it in 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 that mental state of feeling sorry for ourselves longer than than we should, and we don't get better. Yep. And 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 it's just a matter of like you said, the choice we make to give this to God, and when you make that choice, God can bring the healing in. Yes, and. and uh, Choice and and yeah, I, that was a very good point you made, Stephen. Oh, thank you, buddy. I think we you made a lot of good points too. We'll just this is becoming the uh, pat each other on the back for no, that that's it, it's the truth though. I mean, I we you and I have both gone through things and continue to go through things where it's like, what is your plan, God? And it always comes back to, oh, He's giving me peace about it, so I know He's in it with me. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you in agony and making you agonize over things and making you feel uncertain about things. No, he's going to give you peace. Yeah. So you can endure the hardship of it. And that's how he lets you know that, hey, I'm here. Right. Like he's tapping on our shoulder. He's got his arms around us. Like, just trust that. No matter what you're going through, even when you feel at your absolute, like, last, like, we've, we've, uh, we've been saying... You know, it's not even like we're at the end of our rope. We're on the thread that is hanging off the rope, you know, <laughs> like with some of the things that we I don't even think we're with. on the rope anymore. Yeah, we're just I, falling, free falling, I, I, trusting that God's got us. Yeah, it's like, yeah, God's got us. Yeah. Like, I, I, it doesn't matter. Like, God has us. And yeah. I'm just going to trust him and continue to do what he is calling me to do. And that's all you're meant to do uh, in life in general um, is just trust God and reside in his word. Like, don't try to do this without knowing his word because, like, that's the truth of it. Like, you have to know where it lines up 
with the tr- the truths of of the teachings that God has given us. If it doesn't line up with that, it's not true. It's yeah. not right. Um, which could be a, uh, probably a podcast for another day. Um, but saying all that to say this, we love you guys. We care about you. We'll be praying for you. Be praying for us as well uh, because we know everybody's going through a little bit of everything, Yeah. no matter who you are. Um, and uh, we're praying for peace for you. Pray for peace for us. Um, and I think that is that for this week, Zach. Yeah. Shalom. Shalom. And so, we will see you next time. For see. Zach and Steve Have a Podcast, I'm Zach. I'm Steve. Adios. Many blessings. Shalom. Shalom. We're back <laughs> in the pocket with Pickett, yeah, the, the podcast after the podcast. You think we would ever forget our golden boy with the golden locks? They started Steelers training camp this they week. They did. I, that's exactly where I was going with it. They did. Yeah, it was this little video. Of, oh, my goodness. <laughs> is this what you want to talk yes, about? Yes, I do want to talk about the video. <laughs> the little boy. He yes. had a Kenny Pickett jersey on. He had the hat on, and Kenny was there like signing autographs. This kid was shaking. He was sobbing, crying. I don't know if he was just excited to yeah. meet like his hero I or was. something. I know. I was excited for it. I said to Zach, I'm like, we got to go get jerseys and go get in line to meet Kenny Pickett and just start bawling when he comes over <laughs> to us. Like, we're just, uh, Kenny, you mean everything to us. How old are you guys? 38. <laughs> we were in high school when you were born. <laughs> but we believe that you're the future of the Steelers. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. He is, man. Maybe. Kenny. No, uh, you, you keep I'm re- confident. I'm I, confident. I, I, I'm, I'm very confident, and we've had so many talks about who the true future of the Steelers is. Is it Mitchell Trubitsky? No. No. Is, is it Kenny Pickett? Absolutely, 100%. Sure. But you can believe whatever you want to believe. But can I tell you about, since this is the post-podcast podcast, have you ever gone to Steelers training camp? I have never been there. You've never been to Steelers training never camp? Never been there. I've gone so many times. Really? When I was a kid, I used to go. So Nick and Steve? That I was talking about earlier in the Nick, podcast. So that's Nick and Steve have a have a tag team, tag team? No, Nick and Steve. I, I was part of the tag team. I know. That's what I said. Nick and Steve don't have a tag team. Those two beat the crap out of each other all uh, the time. I, I was calling you Steve. I am Steve. Okay. So Nick, Steve, and Steve would go down to Steelers training camp okay. down in Latrobe. Yeah. Um, and I got to meet a bunch of players when I nice. was a little. I got to meet um, – I mean, you're talking about in passing. It's not like I was sitting down interviewing them or talking <laughs> to them, having lunch with them. I got to meet Bill Cower. Oh yeah, Bill the the chin, the, the chin. legend. Oh my goodness, Bill is like he and he was a super nice guy. Really, very nice guy. He's like, "Oh, you boys doing today? You enjoying yourselves?" I'm like, "Yeah, Mr. Coach Cower. <laughs> this is the best day ever." And he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and he just kept walking. Uh, you, know, then, you know what word they use to describe Latrobe all what? the time? Bucolic. Bucolic? Bucolic. It's, what does that mean? I don't know. I think it has it has to do with like beautiful and serene. Yeah. But I hear it on the radio all the time. They're like, it's we're gorgeous. in Bucolic Latrobe. It is. St. Vincent College. It, I, it is It is gorgeous down there. Really? It's like, yeah, it's like you, it, I'm, it's going to sound weird. It's like you're walking into Scotland. Really? It looks like you're just like on the, the they call it like the moors. The moors. <laughs> Or whatever. It was amazing. It is beautiful. So let's talk about, can, I, can I share one more story? Yeah, about, sure. Do about it. Steelers training camp. So, I mean, I did get to meet other players. I, I think I got to 
I got Jerome Bettis's autograph the one time. Wow. Jerome was always he was the super, bus. He was super nice. You yeah, still you know have, why I call him the, bu- it, the was bus? Was that in the box of stuff that your mom gave you? This Jerome Bettis no, autograph? No, my, I don't know what happened to that. You know why they call him the bus? Because he was He's afraid he, to fly. No. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's because he was the Steelers were yellow and black <laughs> he, and he was like a, a big dude and like what he just, carried people. Just ran, he carried people, people over, on his yeah. back. No, that's from the office. That was an office quote. Oh. Okay. Because Dwight says that Michael, he's like, Why do they call him the bus? He said, I think it's because he's fr- afraid to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid throwaway joke. Anyway, I got to meet Jerome. I got to meet, uh, oh, gosh, uh, some of the defensive guys. Or not defensive guys. Uh, not Charles Johnson. Who's the other wide receiver that was big in the late 90s? Yancey Thigpen. Yancey! That's it! <laughs> Yancey Thigpen! <laughs> I got to meet Yancey. Uh, anyway, uh, but the big one was, I think it was 2001, Okay. maybe. I think it might have been the last time we went. Was the year that Tommy Maddox nice. came to the Steelers? I might have told you this story before, uh, but I like I don't know. Like you try to get autographs however you can, yeah. and I had my Steelers hat on me, and like Tommy Maddox just comes to the team. He had been in this thing called the XFL, <laughs> which was this garbage league. Which coming full circle was owned by Vince McMahon of WWF go. fame. So. Of course, I watched it. It was like, more, more wrestling. Yeah. It was the worst thing ever. Everybody had nicknames. Remember the one guy was like, <laughs> He hate me or he something? He hate me. Yeah. His jersey said, He hate me. Yeah. And they're like, What does that mean? He's like, He hate me? He hate me. I'm pointing. He was like pointing at different players. And he's saying, He hates me? He hate me? He hate me? I'm like, Okay. Anyway, Tommy Maddox um, was like the, the breakout star of the XFL. And so the Steelers like jumped on because they were in need of a quarterback. Cause it was like, it was just, there was like the post Cordell Stewart era. Another guy I got to meet a year prior. There was you go. Cordell. Cordell was another super nice guy. To Good the fans. Um, but anyway, so Tommy Maddox was not very friendly. And as he's walking by, like everybody's asking for their, his autograph and he's eating a popsicle. <laughs> he's got this sad looking popsicle. He's what walking, color? Orange. Orange popsicle. Orange okay. popsicle. And he's walking past everybody. And everybody's like, Mr. Maddox, Mr. Maddox, can I get your autograph? And he's just like, and he's like, walk. Because he was already like 47 at this point, too. <laughs> um, kids. Yeah. He's walking past. He walks past me and I go, I said, can I get your autograph? He, <coughs> excuse me. I said, can I get your autograph? And he walks right past me. And I'm like, man, I watched you in the XFL. <laughs> and he turns around, comes back over to me. He's like, okay. He took my hat and signed it. I'm like, nice. I didn't want him to sign my hat. (laughs) It's your hat. You don't touch my hats. He didn't know that. I'm a hat collector. You don't, I don't, what? Do you still have that hat? I threw it away. (laughs) You burnt that hat. It's gone. I mean, I didn't, I, it, it hung for years in my bedroom at home. Um, but like when I moved, I'm like, this is even worth the, the ink that's printed on this hat. You know what I mean? Tommy Max autograph. Well, you get like five dollars. You, you would get five dollars. You think I get five dollars? No. Oh, you're. Oh, you said you, you wouldn't, wouldn't get, get no five dollars. Did you ever meet a Pittsburgh Steelers player? Did I ever meet a Pittsburgh Steelers player? Not like that. No. No. I've never really met any celebrity sports, sports athletes. Celebrity. I'm trying to, to me, think. Th- those are the guys that I want to meet the most. The like, sports athletes. Uh, it, this is the order in which I, if there were celebrities, I would want to meet. Sports athletes, musicians, but nothing for like a million miles, and then 
actors and actresses. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care they're... to meet an actor or an actress at all. Like, you just pretend to be something other than what you are. Yeah. My kids do that at home. Like, that's not that hard. Like, you play an instrument and sing and write music. That's awesome. If you play a professional sport, yeah, that's pretty cool. But I'm not going to elevate anybody that high. Yeah, no, I never really met anyone. Yeah. Who do you want to meet the most now? Oh, boy. This is an easy answer. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, Zach. <laughs> that's, that's the it, answer. That's we're, try, we're trying really hard to meet Kenny yeah, Pickett. We're no, but like, if they're – okay, let me ask the final question. Final question. All if right. you meet one athlete, who would it be? Well, back in the day, my favorite athlete was Cal Ripken Jr. Ah, oh, there we I, go. I loved the Iron Man, they called him, because he had that streak of playing like 2,000-some baseball games in a row. So back in the day, I would definitely say him. Um, so, yeah. So I, you still want to meet Cal Ripken? Not anymore. I, I don't really have a desire to meet anyone anymore. Like, no, that's what I was asking. If you, like, I know you don't have the desire, but if you could meet one player. Hmm. Hmm. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I don't know. I really do want to kind of meet Kenny Pickett. I think he'd be cool. Um, it's a tough question. How about you, Steven? Um, I got yeah. That, that is kind of a tough question. I'm gonna say Mike Tomzak. There you go. Number eighteen. You, you just had to say that. I had to say it. I wrote a report I, on I, Mike Tomzak. I'd high maybe school. pick someone who failed. Like uh, who's that guy from Ryan Buff- Leaf? No, oh no, the guy from the Buffalo Bills that missed the field goal. Trey, something. Scott Norwood. Trey. The Steelers have a defensive back called Trey Norwood. Oh, okay. But Scott, Scott Norwood, Norwood, I think. Like, just to talk to someone about how that has affected them. Or that Bill Buckner guy. Are you talking, is this like a Finkel kind of situation? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Andrew McCutcheon. Laces out. Cutch would be awesome Cutch, to Cutch would be a good one to talk to. He would be a Christian I, guy. I think, I think Andrew McCutcheon would be awesome to meet. Because, um, yeah, he just is. Like, just, like he was so awesome when he was in the guy. city of Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I, it would definitely have to be somebody from the Steelers. Like, if I'm going to, okay, sit down, have a meal with, and, like, listen to stories kind of guy, I'm going to want to sit down with Bill Cower. Yeah, some, like, older yeah. gentleman that has been through the wars. Like, there's a, the, the Pirates uh, announcer, he retired last year, Steve Blass. Yeah. He, he'd be on the radio all the time and TV, and, and you could just tell he was a storyteller. Yeah. Someone like that who had yeah. stories for days. That, that, that someone that could just sit that would be fascinating yeah. for me. That or um, you know, I mean, obviously he's gone now, but Chuck Knoll would have been really cool to meet. Yeah, too. But Steelers legends of Pittsburgh would be so cool to meet. But we are we are so entrenched in like we're blind blinded by Pittsburgh. Is this like a three hour podcast? Steve? We are at the one hour mark. <laughs> but right. this is the post podcast, right. so nobody has to listen to That's this. True. Most people even tell us they're like, when you talk about football stuff, about. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's fine. We're still going to talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> so we love it. Yeah. We love sports. Uh, but anyway, that's the end. That's it. We'll see you. We'll see you. Bye-bye.